This is the Cato Daily Podcast for Tuesday, March 9th, 2010. I'm Caleb Brown. A proposed agency to protect the public against the perils of predatory lenders rests on some troubling canards, according to Mark Calabria, Director of Financial Regulation Studies at the Cato Institute. For example, he argues credit wasn't too expensive over the last decade. If anything, it was far too cheap. A lot of this starts from a very general argument of whether one believes that the financial crisis, the housing bubble, was caused by predatory lending, essentially credit being too expensive and abusive, or as people like myself take the position that it was caused by credit being too cheap and too friendly. How do you make the argument? Uh, help me. Be Chris help Dodd. Me. Okay. For- be Chris Dodd for a little while. How do you make the argument that predatory lending is expensive credit? Well, of course, what they would say is predatory lending strips equity out of your home. Predatory lending charges you fees that are unreasonable. Predatory lending uh, tricks you into taking a loan that you wouldn't have. Or a lot of standard features that economists tendly, tend to think are normal, such as prepayment penalties. Uh, it's pretty well known in the, in the real estate finance literature that you can get a lower interest rate if you take a prepayment penalty because it allows the financial institutions to price prepayment risk. Well, a lot of consumer advocates absolutely hate prepayment penalties, think that they are the worst things in the world, despite they actually being quite common in every other national mortgage market except America's. Um, there are other things too, such as uh, you know having recourse. For instance, people point to Canada as not having had much of a housing crisis, whereas in Canada, they will garnish your wages if you don't pay your mortgage. We would never think of such a thing in America of actually expecting people to pay their mortgage. Um, so there's a big difference in some of these things that are either very consumer-friendly or very deceptive. And, I, and it is worth pointing out Absolutely was fraud in the mortgage in the mortgage market. There in you know everybody believes that you should aggressively fight fraud. Fraud is already illegal. Um, so part of this is a difference of enforcing existing laws. Part of this is a difference of going beyond that. What is Chris Dodd's operational definition of predatory? business behavior, predatory lending? Well, a lot of it revolves around what he believes is unreasonable, such as risk-based pricing. Uh, Christophe has long been skeptical of having somebody who pays a higher risk, who is a higher risk, pay a higher price. Uh, Essentially, part of this is an attempt to cross-subsidize higher risk borrowers from lower risk borrowers by making them all pay basically the same rate. So some of this is an attempt to roll back risk-based pricing, which is spread throughout the marketplace. Some of this is, I mean, for instance, the the left has long pushed for a national usury cap. Uh, A lot of the left just thinks it's unconscionable that uh, you should pay anything over a certain interest rate. Um, So a lot of this is just price fixing. Uh, A lot of this is, once again, trying to make sure that consumers know what they're getting into. And of course, some of it is advertising. Uh, Some of it is trying to get you into products that people might think are unsuitable. There, I think there's a large belief that a lot of people who got subprime loans would have qualified for prime loans. That's actually false, but it is a myth that gets repeated. Uh, A lot of economists have looked at it and come to the conclusion that about 90% of the products in subprime, these people never would have qualified with those products for prime 
prime products. But there's all these points about steering. Uh, there are concerns about that mortgage brokers are paid to get you into higher interest rate loans. So there are a variety. There are dozens of practices that consumer advocates have pointed out. Oddly enough, one of the uh, practices that consumer advocates got rid of, there used to be something called credit uh, default insurance that you'd get with the mortgage. And basically it was, if you lost your job, this insurance would pay your mortgage for you. Boy, that would really not be of much use now, would it? And it's a great thing that the consumer advocates got rid of that just before the house, before the housing bubble burst. People who had a lot of information in early, middle of 2006, who got a lot of information about the housing market and problems emerging in it, started shorting housing. Exactly. People who were subprime borrowers were not good risks. Why would getting rid of risk-based pricing help? Uh, the stability of the mortgage market or borrowing in general in the United States? Well, because my own opinion is it wouldn't at all. I mean, a lot of this is fundamentally an attempt to redistribute income via the financial system. Because if you if you make good borrowers cross-subsidize bad borrowers, then you are essentially passing income along to bad borrowers. I would probably go out in a stretch and say that bad borrowers disproportionately vote Democrat. And, and maybe and maybe there there's clearly a political angle angle here. Um, there's also an extent to Washington that any time you provide a product, whether it's financial or even whether you're a Walmart, if you deal with low income, you deal with minorities, you are automatically assumed that if you charge a price, that you're predatory. I mean, and that's just a given assumption. Look at the abuse that Walmart gets on a daily basis. So if you sell anything to a poor person, if you charge them anything, you're a bad person. It's basically the working assumption in Washington. So some of this is always going to be looked at is that you are overcharging. Uh, but, you know, I mean, how is Washington, how does Chris Dodd or anybody else in Washington have any idea what the right price for anything is? I mean, that's part of the market process. So to some extent, it's I found it astounding that Chris Dodd would even pretend. I mean, I guess he got quite the nice price from Countrywide, so he would know what the price of a mortgage is. But most of us have no idea what the right pricing is, and that's how you figure it out. So I, I think if you go back and you look at the actual credit risk that came out of the mortgage market, if anything, lenders were not charging enough rather than too much. And that's the fundamental assumption that drives this, whether you thought that pricing was too expensive or whether you think, from my perspective, it was too cheap. If those who had the right information about the housing market in 2006 were shorting housing and they were, uh, they saw it coming, uh, they you know, oh, yes. took advantage of it coming in a lot of ways, um, getting rid of risk-based pricing destroys information that would be useful to market participants in... Uh, extending credit, investing in all manners of different kinds of I, I very much agree. Products. I mean, I, I think you need to have a system where, uh, you know, if you're higher risk, you know, you can be able to get credit and it reflects the cost of it. I mean, for instance, I mean, one of the things I think that has made a major mistake uh, was the signing of a credit card bill last year, because as we know, the two single largest sources of funds for startup businesses are either home equity, and clearly that's gone now with the house market, or credit cards. But, you know, the fact is, is that, you know, the guy who's going to start a business in his garage is not getting a bank loan. He's putting it all on his credit card. And yes, most of those businesses that start in garages fail. And if you, and you're going to have to have a high cost then to cover so that those that are successful cover the cost of those that fail. But if we want to allow and be a country where you can start a business in your garage, 
then you're going to have to accept a fair amount of law uh, defaults, and you're going to have to accept a high price in that. And personally, I think that's a price that's worth paying. Uh, I would rather let free individuals determine that they're going to pay that themselves and make that gamble themselves rather than the government say, you can't make that gamble. You know, and we're seeing the cost of that. We're seeing the cost of that in the employment market because the opportunity of people being laid off today is not to go out and use their credit card to go out and start a small business in their garage. They don't have that option anymore thanks to Congress and thanks to the president. So I, I think that we need to be able to allow credit to spread. But the important part is, is you need to make sure that the market has the ability to figure out the right price of it and the right correcting it so that you know people can make their own uh, calculations on whether an economic activity makes sense or not. Mark Calabria is Director of Financial Regulation Studies at the Cato Institute. You can read more of his work at Cato.org.